0: We're going to talk this morning about what that might be, the kind of the Lord. our A passage, we're staying in 2 Corinthians, second, second, our passages out of chapter 8, beginning at verse 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work, so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there, the gift is accessible according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, but in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. This is the word of God for all people. Thank you. God. So uh, there's kind of two, I'm going to two different places this morning, so let me start out. Um uh, by going to the place that, that he spent most of his time this morning on and that's giving. Now everybody in the church loves to hear about giving, amen?
1: <laughs>
0: we love, love to hear a good message on money.
1: No. <laughs>
0: well here's the deal. what was going on back then is that the church in Jerusalem needed support so paul was going around to the churches outside to get that support and take it back to the church in jerusalem and so that's what he's talking to the church of corinth about is is hey you know last time we did this you were here up up front so i want you to you know stay stay in it with me and it's an interesting dynamic because we have uh, this love very beloved thing in the united methodist Church is, is where we take a portion of what we give and we use it to reach all around the world uh, as the larger church. So, in effect, it's been going on a long time, right? Uh, they're called apportionments, and when you hear that, you usually hear that with a scowl on the crowd. You know? But that's, most of that money that, that's given to the larger denomination is, is given, it stays local, but there's a percentage that goes out. So, whenever you read or see a Methodist missionary in another country doing something outstanding or or, or we have encore the the disaster relief and we're there. Um, And and you see these kinds of things that the denomination at large is doing, that's because of y'all. 75% of the churches in the the denomination are under 75 members. So we have this, this thought that, well, the big churches should do that. Well, we don't have that many big churches in comparison to the pure number of small churches that we have. So, you, through the, through the giving that you do, most of it stays local. In fact, most of it stays with us. But part of it goes out and is making a difference all around the world. And that's kind of what's going on here is that they were taking this collection to help the apostles in Jerusalem who needed some support. So, that's what's happening with Paul in this passage. He's challenging the church's corn. You'll note that he says, I'm not commanding you, he's not telling you that you need to do this. Just reminding them of what they can do, and if that a shared burden is lighter than than a heavy burden for one. So that's the passage. I also want to talk about giving uh, specifically in the church. Um, a lot of us see giving as uh, as a negative, and, and uh, you know, the, the talking about money in church is a negative, and and. It's something that you know we just should trust God and do that. Well, God talks about money more than just about anything. If you look at scripture, he talks about finances a lot because he knows that we're terrible at it. We're just not good with money. Yeah. You know, and left our own the bike, and you know what we're gonna spend our money on.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> Here you go, no, you don't
1: <laughs>
0: I'd really like to help you, but I need a shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so God knows that about us, so He gives us a lot of commands, a lot of instruction around us. Here's my take on, 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 uh, on what, what giving is about. Giving is a spiritual discipline. It says prayer is a spiritual discipline, uh, study is a spiritual discipline, but serving is a spiritual discipline. It's not going to happen by osmosis. We have to choose this life. Now, in the Old Testament, there's a book called Malachi it's the last of uh, the Old Testament books in, in our Bible. And in chapter 3, it talks about the tithe. The tithe is simply 10%. It's the first fruits. So and that was the challenge. God, God, God said, where, where, where are my people robbing me? They're robbing me in tithe. They're not giving me that 10%. That was a big deal back then because the Levites, didn't, they didn't have land. And they, the priests of that time didn't have anything. Their job was to take care of the temple and to be the priest for, for the people. And if the people weren't supporting them, then they didn't. They didn't have anything. So when they're robbing God, they're also preventing the, the temple to operate correctly. So, so it was more as if it was a big deal to God back then. He also said this interesting thing in Malachi. He said, test me. You know, So one, one place we can test God is me and the tithe. Test me into that. Yeah, I've talked about this before. Kid and I didn't start out as tigers, and we tried the bump it up kind of thing. And you hear that in churches, you know? Well, just trying if you're giving nothing, give something. If you give one percent, give two percent, and if that—that's great. If that's something that you know challenges stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but for us, we had to go from where we were to ten percent because we always found a way to not get there. You know what I mean? Um, now the New Testament, and you'll hear this from folks, well the New Testament doesn't ever mention a Is that true? Yeah, it's right. absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, we do have some examples. Jesus and the young ruler who uh, came to him and said, You know, what do I need to do to, you know, to follow you? And he said, Well love God, love your neighbor. I've done all follow all the commandments. So go, sell all that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow him. And he went away sad. So Jesus says, "Give it all." I, I like—I don't have it personally. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Paul our and happens today of pointing pointing it at, at something that that is important too. You know, it's not so that you have nothing and others have a lot of stuff. So, so just pay you know, attention to what you're giving to, and, and challenge yourself to give. The other thing about this is give to the work of God. Uh, When we have new folks, I I, I like to tell you, and I'm serious about this, don't get here yet. You don't know us. You don't know if we're a a good place to get, right? So, so, you know, maybe we take money and we flicker it away. Now, I don't think that's true. We do a lot of things inside the church. We're active in our community. We do some international things. In fact, one of the things that that we're doing right now is is, uh, through the World Methodist Evangelism Institute, we're uh, sending $1,000 worth of Bibles to Kenya. Because they're trying to get to the youth before the extremists So we're we're sending us the Bibles to Kenya, so that the missionaries there can reach those kids before radical Islam gets them. So that's what you're, That's part of what you're doing. You yeah. know. So that's the international piece. Most of what we do goes to fish, to shepherd staff, Murphy Harps, to, and I'm the United Children's Home. We're pretty active. So I think that we're good place. But hear me on this. When I'm serious about this. It's a spiritual discipline, right? Say it with me. Giving is a spiritual discipline.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, so giving as a spiritual discipline. If you don't see us as that place that that you want to give your give give your your money, okay, give somewhere to the work of Jesus Christ. It's important. It's important for your soul. It's important uh, when when we're when we're serving others, when we're giving to others. It takes us out of this selfish place that we tend to gravitate to left of our own devices. So here beyond this, and I'm absolutely serious, I know some folks go, no, tell me, give here. Give to the work of Jesus Christ. Give to the work of Jesus Christ. If you don't think that's us, give someone where you think it is. That's the deal. Now if you do think it's us, hallelujah. Glory to God, I get to think I get said.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> My point. Giving is a spiritual discipline. It's important for us in our faith journey to give to the work of Jesus Christ in the world. Now, for so the thing that, that I really wanted to spend some time on this morning is, is it's actually just verse 7 where he says, But since you everything in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and the love we've jinkled you. And, and when I read that, it, it pushed me into this, this thought of, this is who they were. This is who the church of Corinth was, and Paul knew this. So, he said, so he, he said, look, I need you to be who you are. And I guarantee you that not all of them were doing all of those things. Not not one individual. But as a group, that's who they were. And that's what we're called to. And I wanted to move us to Romans chapter 7. Oh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. Now, Romans 12 is a wonderful it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. but I'm going to stick to three of any of them. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you are. Okay, come as you are. means that. Let me say generically, come as you are, what that means is, when somebody comes here, We meet them where they are. That's what Jesus says for us to do. Doesn't matter how they dress. Doesn't matter that they may not behave, how we behave. None of that stuff matters. We meet them where they are when they get here. It's critical. It's critical. Now, some of us have been a Christian a long time. I've been a Christian, oh gosh, most of my life. I've been in church all of my life. So I was raised, I, I wore a black pants and a nice left up white shirt that was how i went to church every week but i was raised in church and yeah, folks that, that weren't raised in church right so should they be expected to do the same thing that i did that I, when i was raised this way and yeah. should they so we should maybe meet them where they are knowing that god is going to move in their heart and take them to a new place. This is, listen, most of us dress very nicely to come here, and that's a good thing. You know, we're, we're doing it, we're bringing our best to the Lord. I know where it comes from. We want to bring our best to the Lord, right? Not all of this comes from the same place, and we need to understand that. Meeting people where they are will allow them to become who God wants them to be. Who God wants them to be. And that's important. So I would challenge us, especially those of us who've been around a long time, that not to put my 50 years of Christianity on somebody who just walked through the door. And if I want to see life change, maybe I need to engage in their lives. Just saying. So that's the general—am I meddling now? It's true. It's true. Yes, we all change over time. Here's the great thing. When I say come as you are, that's come as you are if you've been in church seven years. God's going to meet you where you are and challenge you to take your step. And if you've been here one day or one week, you know what God's going to do? He's going to meet you where you are and challenge you on your next step. Because we're all necessary in the body of Christ. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you are, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, and of course with the measure of faith God has given you. See, God gives each of us a measure of faith, and I don't think it's it, to say Personally, I-, I think that we are all given faith, and then we have an opportunity to grow in faith. That's why we challenge you. Randy, what do we need to be doing? <laughs> you know? We need to be in Scripture. We need to be in prayer and growing in our faith. Uh, that's, how it, that's how it grows. It's not just going to grow together. Just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given. The man's gift is prophesying. What he y'all do? It isn't even a hard question. Man, if you prophesy, you know what you ought to do? Yeah, I'll prophesy. If it's evangelism, you know what you ought to do? If it's Jesus, you know what you ought to do? Yeah, it not
1: even hard, If it's is it generosity? Yeah, yeah, this is this is
0: like Paul going, okay, I'm going to write some simple stuff down down in here, and uh, and, and I hope they get it. <laughs> If it's leadership, let it govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let it do it cheerfully. Here's the beauty of the body of Christ. And I love this about us together. See, we don't need too much of mine. Can I get
1: amen? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: we don't need too many either. <laughs> there are people that I can reach because of who I am and because of my history. You know, we're a government drug addict now, and alcoholic in Minnesota since 1990. Over there's a group of folks that, that I can be in ministry to that may be a little more difficult for you, but there's groups that you can be in ministry to that here, here that I'm a drug addict and alcoholic and go, I want them to do here. You know? So, that's the body of Christ. That's why when we have these different gifts and we bring them to the table, that's when we're the strongest. Ephesians chapter 4. talked in the beginning about being one and i you know I, don't, I don't, I'm not am not going to I did a whole series on, on that one past <laughs> one. It's just unity and being one it is critical for us. Being united. We don't have to agree. In fact we should not agree. But we need to set that aside so that we can be about the business of God. So
1: okay. Oh,
0: oh. there you yeah. I'm, I'm Mark Olivia, I'm going
1: in
0: anyway. <laughs> well, I got not even what I wanted to yeah, hey it's better it's actually in Ephesians. The chapter four. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who over and through all of us and then through all. We were called to be one, we had one God, one Father, one Spirit, that goes on to wherever we wanted to, to spend some time. we can get verse 3, or
1: verse 11.
0: It was He who gave some to the apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ can be built up until so we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Apostles, prophets, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, we, he gives different people different gifts so that we can be together more than what we can be on our own. Guess what, if you're a teacher, you ought to be doing. I'm a school teacher, I mean, if you're called to for the gift of teaching, I'll be teaching. If you're called to whatever it is that you are gifted, is Emily gifted with a gift? See, it always works out way better when she's here than when it's just me.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't that way. You don't know, but when I'm here, I just trace
0: around and sing. And <laughs> but we're each called to the things that we're called to. You know, Steve works in, in construction and uh, truck details. You know, okay. If you're gifted in an area, utilize that. Be where you're gifted. Randy loves mission. Randy loves mission. Sarah loves prayer. You know, connect in places. Robinson little it. Find those places. And Paul also wrote this. this same church. It's First Corinthians. It's not a different church. It's the same church. And in the first letter that he wrote to them, he had some other things to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. And hear this, this is is important. We talk about unity, we talk about being one. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. What kind of Spirit? The same Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given to the spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit. Do you, do you get this? It's not hard to be united regardless of what goes on in the world when we recognize so we have one God and we are all under the same Spirit. We've been gifted by the same Spirit. You have the same gifts by God himself. God. Same, same God gave you gifts, same gave you gifts. Give you gifts. They give you gifts.
1: Yeah. Gifts,
0: gifts to those of us that are not the same gifts, right? But it is the same spirit. And why is it that we struggle to be one when we are under the leadership and guidance of the same spirit? The one God, the true God. God's going to meet you where you are. God wants to meet you where you are. To those of you who have been Christians for a long, long time, God wants to meet you exactly where you are. And He doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to continue to challenge you to grow and to reach people for Him. To those of you who are maybe brand new Christians, God to meet you where you are. And He's going to challenge you to grow so that so that He can impact lives, your life, but the lives of others as well. And if you're not a Christian, God wants to meet you where you are. He stands at the door and He's knocking. Let me in. Let me in. He wants to know you that way. He wants you to know you. you don't have to come as we want you to be. You don't have to come as I want you to be. You don't have to come as anybody in here wants you to be. You can come as you are. Come as you are. I pray that we're able to meet people where they are with that same grace. See, it doesn't matter if someone is straight or gay or if they a man or woman or if they're married or single or where they are We'll meet them where they are and God will be about the business that's God's and that's changing people's hearts. That's why this decision is that Supreme Court decision doesn't doesn't worry me. Doesn't upset me. Doesn't do anything to me. You know, God didn't call me to judge everybody else. Call, he called me to be about His business and to try to reach people up, to be truthful with them, but to try to reach people through And that's what I'm about. I pray that you're about the same It's a challenge to meet people where they are. We want them to behave. We want them to behave. I'm not denying any of that. It doesn't change the reality that God's not going to ask us what we wore in church when we stand before. What'd you do with my son? What'd you do with my son? And maybe a first step we're going to close with a song called Take My Life and Let It Be. And this is more of a song. It's a prayer. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to me. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of your love take, as I love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee. Take my voice and let me sing always, only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages for Thee. Me. Take my silver and my gold, not mine would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord I pour, At thy feet its treasure this
1: store. Take myself and I will be, only, ever only,